Welcome to Podcast Abbreviated. In this episode, we've taken the Tim Ferriss Show's interview with Dr. Gabor Mate and condensed it from two hours to under 10 minutes. So you can get the meat of what Dr. Gabor Mate has to say about addiction, about recovery, and about trauma. This is a powerful episode that you won't want to miss. And I feel compelled to just give a quick disclaimer. This episode deals with trauma, deals with psyche, deals with some really powerful concepts. Gabor Mate is qualified. He's an expert on this topic. So listen to the abbreviation, listen to the full podcast. And afterwards, Chris and I are going to talk about how it impacted us. Neither of us are doctors, psychologists, therapists. We're simply going to talk about what it means to us, what we have learned from it, and how it applies to our lives. And hopefully from that, we can all learn something, but just wanted to throw out that disclaimer that we are not pretending to be doctors. We're not playing psychologists. We're really just grappling with these ideas as friends and opening this up to the world to listen to how we talk about ideas when we hear them in the hopes that it helps you dive deeper yourself. Without further ado, let's get right into it. We really hope you enjoy this podcast. An addiction is a complex which manifests in any behavior that a person enjoys, finds relief in, and therefore craves in the short term, but suffers negative consequences in the long term and doesn't give up despite the negative consequences. Now, notice I said nothing about substances. I said any behavior. So in other words, the addiction is not the primary problem. It's an attempt to solve a problem. And then the real question is, how did the problem arise? When you ask people, what does the addiction do for you? They'll say, it numbs me, it soothes the pain, it makes me feel connected with other people, it gives me a sense of control, it gives me inner peace. Well, the lack of inner peace, the lack of control, the lack of connection, they're all forms of emotional pain. Then my question is, where did you develop the pain? What happened? This is where my theory is that it's always rooted in childhood trauma and that the addiction is an attempt to deal with the effects of childhood trauma, which it does temporarily, while it creates even more problems in the long term. So people often think that trauma is what happens to you, but the trauma is not what happens to you, the trauma is what happens inside you. And as a result of traumatic events, what happens inside you is you get disconnected from your emotions and you disconnect from your body and you have difficulty being in the present moment and you develop a negative view of your world and a negative view of yourself and a defensive view of other people. So if I were to become abusive towards you right now, verbally or otherwise, what would be your options? The rational response would be for you to assert yourself saying, don't talk to me that way. Or it would be to leave. And if for some reason you had not the strength to do either of those, you could ask for help. But what if you couldn't escape, fight back or seek help? then you would shut down or tune out. In other words, the tuning out is simply a defensive response on the part of the brain. Mama didn't abuse me. She did her best to look after me, but she was stressed, depressed, terrorized, grief-stricken. I'm picking that up as a sensitive infant. Can I fight back, change the situation, or escape? None of those. What can I do? Nothing I can do. My brain will tune out as a way of dealing with the stress. Now, human beings, as mammals, are creatures of attachment. We have to connect and attach because otherwise we don't survive. And that attachment relationship, given that we have the longest period of development of any creature, attachment is not a negotiable need. But we have another need, which is authenticity. Now, authenticity, out of the self, means being connected to ourselves. Just knowing what we feel and being able to act on it. That means our gut feelings. But what happens if your authenticity threatens your attachment relationships. For example, 
As a two-year-old, you get angry because you didn't get that cookie before dinner. But your parents can't handle anger because they grew up in homes when there was rageaholism and they're terrified at the very expression of anger. So they give you the message that good little kids don't get angry. The message you receive is not that good little kids don't get angry, but that angry little kids don't get loved. Because your parents are now sullen, they won't look at you, they talk to you in a harsh way. You're not experiencing love at that moment. But you've got to stay attached. Guess what you're going to suppress? The authenticity every time. And this is how we lose connection to ourselves and to our gut feeling. And so the issue is not just to recognize what happened 10, 15, 30, however many years ago, but to actually recognize the manifestations in the present moment and to transcend them. And how do you do that? By reconnecting with yourself, by restoring the connection with your body primarily and with your emotions that you lost. And once you do, when you found these things again, then you have what we call recovery. Because what does it mean to recover something? It means to find it again. So what is it that people find when they recover? They find themselves. And the loss of self is the essence of trauma. Now, how do we connect? Well, number one, it's very difficult for anybody to do this on their own. Some people do it. I certainly couldn't do it on my own. I've needed a lot of help in terms of therapy. That helps me understand what happened to me so that if there's a reason for it, then it's no longer me. I'm not somebody to be ashamed of. I'm just somebody who developed along certain lines for some very good reasons. But it, it's not in my deepest character and it's not who I am and I don't have to be that way. That's a relief to know. Number two, you have to reconnect with the body. Uh, there is EMDR, eye movement desensitization reprogramming, which is a way of bypassing the conscious mind and getting to the emotional brain. Then there's the traditional therapies like yoga. Now yoga was not simply a physical modality when it first developed. Yoga actually means unity. So the very essence of yoga is, is to regain that unity, not just with ourselves, but also with the larger creation. My way of working is to get people very deeply to their core issues through this process I call compassionate inquiry. So inquire in a compassionate way, not why did I do this, but hmm, why did I do this? The first one is not a question, it's a statement, it's a self-condemnation. The second one is a question. Hmm, wonder why I did this. Ah, it soothed my pain. It served you. So thank it. Love it. But let go of it. Because we were all born just wanting to be loving and loved. And then something happens. And then it's, it's a hard road back. And secondly, not see it as an individual issue. It's a social issue. We live in a society that really does disconnect people. And so it's not just an individual problem or an individual family problem. It's multi-generational. We pass this on from one generation to the next, not because we intend to, but because we can't help it. So it needs to be looked at in deep over the generations and broadly as the function of a whole society.